G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention to religious education and whether other countries around the world do it better than we do in Australia. Well, our next guest is on a seven-country research expedition over seven weeks looking at how we strengthen our approaches to religious education in Australian schools. Murray Norman is the CEO of Better Balanced Futures and was awarded a Churchill Fellowship Scholarship to study best practice in religious education. Murray, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks very much to join you today, Neil. Murray, before we get into religious education, you've just touched down in Turkey, in the city of Ankara. Uh, What sort of things are you hearing around the earthquake destruction that's been so widely reported? Everywhere in Turkey that you go, uh, the earthquake's being felt. People are in a lot of pain, and uh, it's affected the the whole country. But it is quite amazing to see uh, the country and the international help coming in and people being uh, helped right across the country and just to see how the community is is pulling together. But it is very sad. It is very traumatic, and um, everyone's hurting. These are challenging times and we're monitoring along those issues as they come out of Turkey and of Syria, of course, uh, the neighbouring nation. Hey, coming back to religious education, and there you are in Turkey and studying best practice in religious education. What are you finding in the nations you've been to and what do you expect to find in Turkey? Well, one of the reasons that I went overseas is to have a look at best practice religious education so we can come back and bring those things back to Australia. It was quite amazing to visit uh, India with 80% of the population being Hindu and uh, it's soon to be the largest uh, country in the world. It was amazing to see how in their constitution they're not allowed to teach religious education uh, in their schooling system. So that's quite amazing that all the religious education has to happen outside school. So that's quite a shock to see that, that in such a a religious country where um, nearly everyone is religious, um, people are not allowed to have their children taught uh, in government schools. The interesting thing is, though, uh, a lot of education is happening out of schools, and uh, that was great uh, to see the way that the Hindu community does that. I then flew to Europe and it was quite interesting to see in Europe, uh, uh, went to Finland and Germany and because of their their heritage and connection with the Lutheran Church, um, in those jurisdictions, uh, religious education is compulsory and in the German constitution it even mentions compulsory that that needs to be included in schooling. So they have exams, teachers, um, in both of those countries they have employed teachers with well-formed curriculums and they're doing two to three hours of religious education. But the thing that I found shocking is they're not teaching young people to believe in a faith, they're teaching them about a faith so that they can engage with others in the world and they even have non-religious classes. So it's quite amazing to see that. And then to come to India 
with 98% Muslim community. Absolutely amazing just to see the difference across those countries. I imagine that when you're in those nations where the predominant religious presence is either Islam or Hindu, uh, there's no real opportunity for Christians having religious education in schools. But what you're saying here is that uh, in those nations, uh, what happens outside of school has to have special attention. So in uh, India, all the faith communities are doing uh, religious education outside their schooling system. The Christian community can have schools in India, and there are some private schools. Um, but uh, uh, in uh, Turkey, where I am at the moment, uh, they have uh, a religious course, and it's secular. But with 98% of students being Muslim, they teach that Islam is the one true faith, and then they look at other faith perspectives, but they teach that in a way so that Muslims need to be respectful of other other communities. So that's how they do that. And it was quite interesting to meet with teachers and their, their educators yesterday and just hear how that actually works out um, in classrooms. So it is interesting how that's done and it is interesting how that's um, performed around the world. But it does mean in places like um, uh, Turkey that if you're Christian, you definitely need to have Christian instruction outside schools because you're not going to get that uh, in schools anywhere um, like we would in Australia. Now, you have a legal and accounting background and undoubtedly the research you're doing, the report you're going to produce out of this tour uh, is going to impact on the way we do things here in Australia and even anticipating change for the future. Is there already a best practice standard for religious education in Australia? So at the moment, uh, there is uh, different jurisdictions. So we've got the different states and territories they control uh, religious education. So religious education uh, occurs in all different shapes and forms uh, around around Australia. So even in Victoria, we have religious education, but it happens uh, in lunch times and after schools. There's very low numbers in that, but even in a place like Victoria, we have uh, religious education. We're in New South Wales and Queensland. It's actually in the curriculum time. Part of what I'm looking at overseas is uh, the training and development that they're going through with teachers, and that is something that we're looking to bring back to Australia. I think any um, development of standards will need to be done state by state, depending on their jurisdiction and what their education department uh, allows for. And then what we'll look at over time, what learnings can we come up nationally and what can we do to help the faith communities uh, move forward. And definitely we can share amongst ourselves just like the Christian community does at the moment between New South Wales and uh, Queensland sharing curriculums and training and other things. You mentioned even in nations that have got a strong Christian history, uh, there's a, a sort of a secularised form of talking about and teaching religion in schools. Does there need to be extra issues of faith formation and beyond just a intellectual idea of social values? How are you seeing weaknesses in what you've seen so far on your tour? I was very shocked to see what I saw in Finland and Germany. Their religious education programs are exceptional. But the thing that really shocked me is they're not actually teaching the young 
people and students to be able to act on their faith. That's actually not the purpose of the class. The purpose of the class is for them to be able to engage with others and have an understanding about their perspective and to be able to engage with others. So I found that quite um, quite shocking that that would be the case, that there's no place, and that needs to happen for young people uh, outside outside schools and church attendance in those uh, two places is quite is quite low. So I visited Leipzig and 80% of that uh, community is atheist. That's the highest proportion in the world. So it's quite um, shocking to see that in those countries compared to my Australian experience uh, where we have a lot higher level of uh, literacy in actually believing in faith and uh, acting in that. So part of my journey, um, that has shocked me. But then when I come to places like uh, Turkey, they would expect that you can only teach from a lived faith experience and to do anything else would be disrespectful to the religions. And it was quite interesting to have conversations with them about Christianity and Islam. And they were very comfortable that, you know, there's different beliefs and it will be God that will decide at the end of the day who's right and wrong and we need to live harmoniously in society. So I was actually quite shocked to hear that in a Turkish context. Well, we might be encouraged as you reflect on those standards already in Australia that there is that element, that dimension of faith formation that's missing in these other contexts. But I imagine that for the future, that's something that needs to uh, have some sort of uh, fight to hold on to because uh, in a growing secularised nation like we are, there's a tendency to try and move those things out. Uh, What you're identifying, though, is that there actually is some real value in that faith formation. There definitely is. I was actually quite surprised in Leipzig. You've got the, uh, the highest proportion of atheists in the world. You've got a, that's a previously East Germany. Um, there's a lot of non-Christians there and they see it as vital. And the German society sees it as vital to teach about religion so that people of faith and not of faith can actually coexist and get on and actually understand their perspective. So I found that very, very interesting that even though there weren't necessarily people of faith, that the community as a whole recognises how important it is to embrace education about faith. And uh, in Leipzig, they were just talking about how important it is that the community understand uh, about Christianity, but they also understand about some of their refugee groups that are coming into the country so that they can live in harmony. So they've got a Muslim community that have come in and trying to help their communities to be understand Uh, the different faith communities and be able to live in harmony and respect that those people believe their faith. And if we don't get religious education right, the future direction of society can look different. We go off on a different trajectory and uh, that's something that perhaps uh, we ought to be concerned about. Well, it is quite amazing as I look overseas how much these jurisdictions value religious education And they really value it as a means of helping society to thrive. And everyone that I've spoken to, even though they've got differences, see that religious education is vitally important, that it has to be embedded in schools. Now, there might be different ways of doing it and different thoughts on how to do that. But the one thing that is very strongly come home is religious education is really important, that it needs to be well thought out, well resourced, and it needs to engage not only the students, but also the society around it. So I think that's a massive learning and it is uh, 
quite important that I think we take the lessons from overseas, but we bring them back to Australia. And remember, that's a different context where we are teaching young people about faith and being able to live that out and then look at how we can strengthen that. So many will recognise that things are changing very quickly here in Australia and uh, to think about how you are doing research about how religious education fits with our increasingly multicultural society, there'll be some very, very valuable insights that you're going to bring back from this tour. Now, you're there and uh, you represent Better Balanced Futures. You're on a Churchill Fellowship scholarship. Uh, just uh, quickly on the, the, the scholarship itself, uh, what is that enabling you to do? So the Churchill Fellowship was set up when Winston Churchill died. Uh, we set up as a memorial to him to send uh, about 100 people uh, overseas, the best and brightest, to go out and look at the world, look at best practice in all sorts of industries uh, and bring those ideas back to Australia. So that's what I've been awarded, to go and have a look at religious education globally and then bring that back to Australia. And the aim is to be able to bring those ideas back and the, uh, the Churchill Fellowship is actually set up and engages with you to help engage politicians, education department and communities about those learnings. So I'll be coming back with learnings about religious education and then I will be engaging on a political uh, a community and an educational, both at a state and federal level, to be able to look at ways that we can improve religious education in New South Wales and Australia broader. Well, Murray, I know listeners will be able to hear, even as they're listening to your responses, uh, that you're going to come back with really valuable insights with this research on a seven-nation tour. And uh, where do you go to next after Turkey? So after Turkey, uh, I'm heading to England. So looking at their system, then the, the US, and then heading to Israel. So uh, I'm about halfway through the trip at the moment. And for listeners to connect with you and to take advantage of some of the resource that's available on the Better Balanced Futures website, uh, let me give the website where you can connect with Murray Norman. Uh, he's the CEO of Better Balanced Futures. The website is betterbalancedfutures.org.au. That's betterbalancedfutures.org.au. Murray, uh, Godspeed on your research journey and uh, I know you're going to make the most of every opportunity you can and I know that even the thoughts of best practice into the future will be dependent on some of the things that you're gleaning as you're travelling around the world. Murray Norman, thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. And if your listeners could pray for us, that'd be great. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.